wish you all a happy new year. As we enter 2024, I want to talk about the most dangerous quiet cancel facing us right now and what we need to do about it. The very existence of a specific real threat has been so effectively erased, you probably don't realize it's gone from mainstream culture. It's not what you might think. I'm Joe Kornowski. We live in the greatest cancel culture of all time. Not so long ago, if some person or group didn't like someone or something, they usually would express their displeasure, disapproval, or disagreement, maybe in a well-reasoned and perhaps impassioned argument. Newspaper op-eds, interviews, blog posts, sometimes even full-page ads in newspapers or magazines served as the often-used channels for communicating their opposition. But today, we hear and see no discourse, no respectful and recent arguments, no free exchange of differing opinions or working through of opposing ideas. Instead, the opposing view appears as a verbal slap of vilification by name-calling. Racist, anti-Semite, misogynist, narcissist, manipulator, oppressor, abuser. And increasingly, that vilifying label is accompanied by what is called a cancel or cancellation, often in the form of an economic boycott, withdrawal of funding, canceling of contracts, employee termination, and other punitive actions that are the modern equivalent of the old practice of shunning, typically used by closed groups like religious sects, including certain Amish communities or Jehovah's Witnesses who called it disfellowshipping. The problem, of course, is that canceling a person or organization is fixed and binary, another unfortunate effect of our techno-culture that is based on combinations of ones and zeros. No room remains for finding common ground, negotiating a peaceful resolution, or Reaching an accommodation, words from the recent past like frenemy and coopetition have completely disappeared from modern discourse. Altercation, not reconciliation, seems like the new battle cry. Even worse, we're on the precipice of the new AI revolution. In the Arnold Schwarzenegger film Eraser, at the end of the film, his character says to a carload of bad guys whose car has suddenly become locked and stuck on train tracks with an oncoming train bearing down, You've just been it aced at which point the train crashes into the car in an explosive fireball. Now imagine the 2025 version of that in real life, when someone controversial, like a politician or corporate executive, is driving his Tesla down Interstate 5 in Los Angeles one morning, and he gets that same phone call, this time from an AI cyber hack that says, you're erased, and then with an AI-generated signal, poof. But all of that is nothing compared to the most dangerous quiet cancel that already has occurred. References to a real phenomenon that poses the greatest existential threat to humans, and even the entire world already has been erased from mainstream culture. This one word for the ultimate negative energy known to ancient and modern cultures until very recent times is evil. Yes, evil. When was the last time you read that word in a New York Times story? or heard it come from the mouth of a TV news anchor or a commentator, or seen it written in government reports, even national security assessments. Nope. The most recent U.S. government references I could find were President George Bush's portmanteau, Axis of Evil, in 2002 for the combination of North Korea, Iran, and Iraq. And last year, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell called Iran, China, North Korea, and Russia the new Axis of Evil. Mostly, you'll hear instead and see the words like enemies, adversaries, insurgents, terrorists, assailants, and so on. The erasing of the word evil as something that exists in reality has relegated it to just fanciful and archaic titles and descriptions, now found mostly in old fairy tales, virtual reality games, and zombie apocalypse movies. 
We need only employ a strategy like follow the money when trying to find the root of criminal activity to see what caused this erasure. Just pose this question. In whose or what interest is the complete erasure of the word, even the concept, let alone the existential reality, of evil? Huh. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, evil itself. You can put a personified name on it like Satan, but that also has become a taboo. Simply stated, the complete and effective quiet cancellation of any reference to evil from our culture is itself evil. It's effective. What if suddenly insidious forces stop mentioning the color blue everywhere it currently appears? Substituting some obscure or vague word instead, after a while, people would stop seeing blue as a color. Maybe it would be referred to as fog or visual noise or something mysterious, just not blue. Now, surprisingly, the forces of divine truth and light have been trying to get this message through to us about the growing presence of evil for a while now, using various spiritually channeling gifted individuals to carry the message. But these sources already have been swept effectively into obscurity, making them hard to find. You have to really look for them. One of these sources is called the Pathwork Guide Lectures. This resource is a body of 258 lectures by Eva Periakos, who channeled a voice she knew as the guide that provided information, instruction, and guidance about spiritual growth and development from the Christ consciousness. One such lecture, number 248, talks about the three principal forces of evil and its personification. In this lecture, the guide explains how for many centuries the power of evil was fully recognized. Humanity had a working familiarity with invisible forces, often regarded as supernatural, from both darkness and light. Over time, humanity became disconnected from supernatural realities with unfortunate results. But even that had a benefit of removing the excuse of blaming the devil for a person's crimes and misdeeds, and fostering an era of cultivating self-responsibility. Again, over time, the pendulum swung too far. The guide stated that people were now reaching the point in their development when taking responsibility for their actions must be combined with a profound knowledge of the invisible worlds and the laws according to which people attract and repel entities of different natures and development. Those entities then influence you and reinforce the force field within your soul. Another channel for revealed truth was Howard Pittman, who claimed to have received messages and instructions from God during a near-death experience. Pittman had been a pastor and a law enforcement officer. He'd pastored and preached for many years, and he and his wife at one point had taken into their home 32 neglected and abused children. But on August 3, 1979, while going to meet with prospective donors to his political campaign for election to local office, Howard suffered an unknown aneurysm. He lost a lot of blood, and at one point he lost consciousness and was declared dead. He reports being escorted by angels to what he was told was the second heaven, which was not really a heaven of God and angels, but of demons. With the protection of his angel escorts, he was shown how demons lie, deceive, and trick humans into giving themselves to the darkness. He learned that even the strongest believers can doubt the existence of an enemy they cannot see, hear, and feel. Yet, humans possess three effective weapons against evil and its agents, demons and Satan. The first is sovereign will. No spirit can violate a person's will without that person's permission. That is why demons possess highly developed skills of deception and delusion, enabling them to make something appear beautiful, desirable, and non-threatening that is evil so that the person will lower their guard and allow evil to take hold. And once someone is deceived, breaking free of it becomes much more difficult. Pittman realized that at the beginning of his near-death experience, 
when he began pleading for an extension of his time on earth. He said he heard the most beautiful melodic voice say to him, Howard, you will have the peace and calm you've always wanted. All you need to do is just stop breathing now. Pittman was confused at this response to his request. Then he heard the Holy Spirit say that this was not the voice of God speaking to him. Pittman had already stopped breathing, but then immediately roused himself and declared, No. He simply exercised his sovereign will in response to the illusion and deception that appeared before him. The second great defense that humans have is a guardian angel, although not everyone. They're assigned only to true believers. The third great defense is the Word of God. Armed with these three weapons, humans possess a more powerful and effective defense for the battle of their soul against demons than demons can bring against humans. One of the messages he was instructed to bring back was that humanity was again experiencing what he called the second day of Noah, in which even though the world could again see the clouds of tribulation gathering on the horizon, they refused to hear or believe, choosing to spend their days gathering earthly treasures. Another message was that a person cannot have any true witness or power in their life unless they live their faith 24-7, that God requires not just words, but deeds from those who would seek to serve him. As Putman put it, True servants of God needed to be heart-possessing, not just mouth-professing. Before anything else, a person must first seek the kingdom of God. His final message was that God is now recruiting an army for the escalating spiritual warfare now underway. This recruitment has begun in earnest because God is about to perform the great miracles that were promised in the Bible. He says time is short for our spiritual training. Those chosen for the latter reign, as foretold in the scriptures, must prepare for battle with the discipline of a professional soldier. Pittman said he had two separate sessions with God during this time. His goal was to plead for an extension of his time on earth. In the first interview, God told him how displeased he was that Pittman had made himself his own God, serving his own needs first and then serving God's purposes, and that was to assuage his own conscience. Pittman was completely undone at hearing this. The angels escorted him away and he briefly returned to his body. But God had not granted his request. So he frantically asked for a second audience with God. It was granted, and by then he had completely understood the gross error of his life up to that point and pleaded for mercy, that he would do whatever God asked of him. That is when God gave him the messages to share with the world after he returned to his physical life. Howard Pittman finally left this world on March 13, 2015, 35 years after his near-death experience, having done his best to complete what he promised God he would do with his life's extension. You can find Howard Pittman's complete testimony of his near-death experience and its revelations both on YouTube and in his ebook called Placebo, which is available on Amazon. The full Pathwork Lecture 248 can be found on the Pathwork Foundation's website. Right now, the world is not talking about evil at all, even though the gathering darkest storm clouds of tribulations are clearly visible on the horizon. We can see the horrific and fierce battles of darkness and light in Ukraine and Gaza and more battles looming in the South China Sea and Korea. These are not mere earthly battles between mortals. We'll take a closer look at how we can prepare for the escalating spiritual warfare in coming episodes.